0: we need a good stinger and i have just the one that i've been planning for months now Uh uh-oh
1: are we recording yet let her rip media lads i'm gonna bleep it out and not leave in the part explaining what it is (laughs) hello everybody welcome back to media lads the only podcast on the internet where we can take months off and not talk about it let's move on to the first segment music all right so this month i listened to fondy uh other japanese words by d and uh
0: no one's gonna know how to find this now after <laughs> recommending it
1: i have it all i'll have it in the description like i always do it's fine and uh, it's nice, uh, it's pretty rock solid a japanese folk metal album uh ep not quite a full album Mm -hmm. You've
0: been going down that whole rabbit hole quite a bit recently, haven't you? A
1: little bit, a little bit, and uh, yeah, it's not something I have too much to say on because it's just really solid Japanese folk metal music that I quite enjoy. I also listened to Masterless Samurai by Osamu Kitajima. I think yes, that was that was the one you made me listen. was the one I made him listen to, which is a instrumental combination of elements from traditional Japanese (coughs) folk and some more western ideas particularly with the uh, acoustic guitar sections they throw in and the kind of funky bass lines
0: it was very a very interesting experience yeah. experimentally
1: it's very i don't about- really
0: know what to say about it because despite the fact that i yell at you for this <laughs> i did not pay enough attention to have a whole discussion about
1: well, it. well 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 how are the turntables <laughs> I'm but, a hypocrite. What can I say? <laughs> it's my uh, thing. Yeah, I, I thought it was a very interesting, very atmospheric project that I enjoyed quite a lot. I also listened to Katyo Fugetsu by Jako Mori. I think that's how it's Absolutely nailed it's that name.
0: <laughs> Stop Just, this.
1: No, I will not. Stop <laughs> condescending. <laughs> me, please.
0: I will condescendingly heckle you till the end of time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Help me. Even though no I hold all the power in this podcast, I'm being bullied. <laughs> no one can help you here. Yeah, it's a uh, traditional folk project by uh, just one person playing a koto, and uh, it's it's very nice. It's very relaxing. It has this very atmospheric, dreamy quality to it that I quite like. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it quite a lot. It's not the type of thing I, listen, I would listen to all the time, but for, uh, yeah simple contained experience, it's quite enjoyable. So. I also listened to 12 Bar Brews by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, which is a very very high energy, very fun uh, King is. S- uh, garage rock album. The debut of uh, creative freaks King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. If their
0: name sounds like their music is going to be real wacky and weird, then, I mean, you're not
1: wrong. Yeah, and there's already, even in this first album, that's a pretty straightforward, just loud, energy-filled garage rock album, they're already playing around with different experimental ideas. And which... boy, do they just, just I, they jump off the deep end later on, man. Mm. Like, on one album... Hey, it's Editing Tom zooming at you from the future here. Just a quick clarification. When I say album here, I mean song because I'm talking about specific songs on the album here that play around with experimental ideas. So I don't know why I said album. It just makes it confusing. So uh, yeah, back to business. It's <coughs> mixed in dual mono rather than stereo. So if you listen in one ear, it just sounds like absolute insanity. I see. Uh- with a different one i think they recorded on like an iphone or something <laughs> so what? the audio is real muddy but it just kind of really? works and uh yeah i enjoy it quite a lot there's a lot of there's a lot of fun to be had there i also listen to eyes like the sky by king gizzard and the lizard wizard
0: is the other one you made me listen to and yes. i won't complain
1: about that yes it is a full on spoken word album where one of the band members Fathers, I guess, wrote and read a very spaghetti western esque story, and they played really spaghetti western inspired rock music over it, and it's really darn good. You know I'm honest thing. with you. I have no idea. I could end this at any time, you know. <laughs> I could just stop doing it and you would have no say. You're not wrong. <laughs> You're playing right. with fire here, boy. Alright, so uh, I'm just kind of going to
0: try to speed run some of this. I listened to Sound and a Fury by Sturgill Simpson, which also has a Netflix anime experimental thing to go along with it. The album on its own is really quite. Quite interesting, as it's a total departure from Sturgill's other work. As before this, he was a, he was a uh, an indie country king, just top of the line in that uh, musical scene. And here he just jumps straight headfirst into uh, straight up very uh, kind of groovy, funky, uh, hard rock that has a very '70s synth infused vibe and sound about it. I think really works for a lot of the sounds and works very well with his very gravelly kind of raspy harsh vocals not harsh but you know a little rough i also listened to gathering by carbon leaf the album that they took like what two and a half years to actually release (laughs) their first studio album in like seven years and one that when they finished it after those seven years took them two years to fully release on streaming platforms because basically what they said was yeah we just forgot they didn't think about doing it until now two years later which is kind of funny but at the same time kind of annoying. why it's a good album Uh, it combines a lot of elements from their previous albums into this one to kind of uh, show or give this feeling of where they've come up to this point in their career so far last one that i'm going to talk about before getting on to the two i forced tom to listen to which i will never be talking about on my own as well wow i was the you're one to talk (laughs) shut up mom (laughs) this is the panhandler's self-titled debut which is quickly becoming one of my personal favorite albums released this year Nice. it's got a lot of genuinely fantastic lyricism on there most notably on songs some of the slower kind of more uh, emotional sad songs like west texas in my eye which just god that song gets to me on so many different levels man and that song is just it hits it hits me real hard it's so good and that goes for every other song on the album american aquariums uh most recent album released this year lamentations
1: yeah.
0: is a very good it's, it's well it's not a bad album it's a good album that didn't disappoint me necessarily but it kind of underwhelmed me because i have been listening to the first and the title track off of this uh album for months on end and that is a genuine masterpiece in and of itself and the rest of the songs on the album don't they just didn't really line quite line up for me like that song did a number of them are good songs they're far from bad songs like uh, how wicked i was or the luckier you get are just good songs "Luckier you get is so much fun however the first track is probably the most notable off the album it's a, a seven minute track about this it's just this guy for the most part for those first like five and a half six minutes with a guitar singing his heart out with these very brutally honest uh, and very tragic lyrics that strike very close to home for me personally and then later on in the last like minute and a half it just starts building and building and building towards this absolute just explosion of instrumental sound and pure raw emotion so the next album i made tom to was uh reunions by jason Isbell in the 400 unit jason Isbell being another indie country darling of sorts this album however kind of moves away from his uh indie country roots and moves into a more rock focused sound on a number of the songs however the majority of them take on a very uh, quiet acoustic very meditative kind of feel the lyricism on this album is incredible songs like saint peter's autograph uh dream sickle letting you go River are just just gorgeous. Pure emotion that shows through on so many of these songs and their instrumentals is something else, man. Letting You Go, uh, a song where Isabel sings about raising his daughter from those very first moments, bringing her home from the hospital, and now she's gone off and decided to be someone's wife and he has to let her go. It is painfully heartbreaking, and it's the kind of thing that just that hits me hard and i really love it yeah it's it's an an incredible album that honestly kind of floored me i very almost nearly (laughs) and i had to stop myself right
1: (laughs) 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 you dodged a bullet there mister
0: i did i
1: dodged a real big bullet all right uh with that let's uh move on to the next segment I listened to the audiobook of The Eye of the World by Robert Jordan. The first book in the Wheel of Time series. I immediately enjoyed it right out the gate because... Uh, th- this man has such a way with words in terms of how he writes his prose. It's kind of insane. This this is one where I say go to like the Amazon preview and just read the first paragraph of the first chapter. And if you're not sold then, I don't know what to tell you. Because the man is a friggin poet nearly it's on a similar level to i'd say tolkien's work is not not quite there obviously because it's friggin tolkien but Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. the closest contender i've ever seen to that level of incredibly digestible yet incredibly poetic prose that you don't really see much these days not to say modern writing is bad or anything but you know even aside from that it's just a really solid really well-written fantasy story that does an excellent job kicking off a incredibly lengthy series and getting me sold on everything that's to come. A lot of discussion around it kind of revolves on its similarities to Lord of the Rings because it was very clearly inspired by it, but mm-hmm. I, I think if you <coughs> actually read it and your only takeaway is that it's ripping off Lord of the Rings, you just... It, that, that's just not what it is. A lot of elements that are very heavily inspired and taken from specifically Fellowship of the Ring and Lord of the Rings at large, but they'll have their own unique spin on them and others are only kind of barely similar or kind of comparable. It's less of a case of a ripoff and more of just obvious inspiration that led to its own unique thing. There's really not much I could say about it really without getting into spoilers and stuff, but i'd highly recommend checking it out if you're into fantasy at all it delivers some incredibly well-written and compelling characters and engaging plot that while pretty slow-paced manages to keep the tension and engagement level up throughout the entirety of it so i read uh, words of radiance by brandon sanderson the uh second book in the stormlight archive series it's kind of hard to talk about sequels to stuff because Pretty much everything we said in our Wave Kings episode applies, except for stuff that'd be spoilers to talk about. The so, development
0: that Shalon gets here is phenomenal. It really is. This basically is her book, and it's so
1: good. It really, really is. And, uh, and it
0: only gets so much better with Oathbringer. Yep.
1: But uh, yeah, if you read Wave Kings and you liked it, then uh, continue. It don't, it don't disappoint yet.
0: Comment if you've
1: made it this far in the episode, leave us a comment and tell us how your day's going. If you need a certified fraud therapist, I'm here. No. All right, on to our next segment. and TV. First thing I guess I'll talk about is something I kind of dropped a while ago, is I watched a bit of One Piece. Oh, yeah, which yeah. Which yeah, yeah. is oddly one of the highest quality pieces of Shonen Trash I've watched in that it's still nowhere near good, but it's so darn heartfelt in how it <laughs> tackles its different storylines to where the emotional beats still don't land but it's so charming how much it tries if you want something to just kick back and have a good time with it, it's it you, you, you can't really go wrong with one piece it's a fun <clears> time <throat> they watched uh it's the great pumpkin charlie brown yeah cool the cool. classic halloween special and it's charming as heck as is expected out of anything peanuts related frankly the structure oh, yeah. of it feels kind of wonky it's basically just a bunch of the comic strips pasted together into a 20 minute special, but I'm not really complaining about that because it's all mm-hmm. really charming and fun. Next thing I watched, I watched The Lighthouse, which was an interesting experience, I'll say that. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'd go out and call it like an outright horror movie, it's more of like a really bizarre no, like psychological a- thriller.
0: It has far more akin to a psychological thriller than does straight horror.
1: It has a lot of really interesting ideas that it does with its filmmaking and structure that I really enjoy. Frankly, the idea of making this kind of story set on a lighthouse island where people are going insane because of isolation is such a brilliant yet simple idea that I'm surprised it hasn't been done more.
0: The way that Robert Eggers uses um, this very meandering slow burn pace to create this insanely palpable, thick sense of dread and unease. It almost makes you feel like you're unraveling yourself as you watch these characters slowly unravel towards one another. Whatever. And the, the places that he takes this premise are so uniquely creative and interesting that I don't really know how he thought of doing some of the stuff that he did. Yeah the the way he uses ambiguity to his advantage to to get the the story across is impeccable as well so i mean yeah
1: it also leans a lot into like the idea of an unreliable narrator where Uh you begin to second guess of the things you're witnessing or even happening
0: anymore it uses this kind of ambiguity to the point where you don't know if there is some kind of otherworldly kind of mystical power at play here, tampering with these guys' minds. It's very, very unsettling in a good way. And it's very artistically intriguing and very well worth uh, watching.
1: As we like to say here on, here on the show, kind of thing. it's good. No, we've got, dang it. And uh, the final thing I will talk about is I finally finished Mushishi. Yay. Which is one of the greatest things I have ever uh, consumed in media, period, full stop, frankly.
0: It's an insanely slow burn, for one thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's part of the reason why it took so long for me to finish it. It's part of the reason I still haven't finished it. Mm -hmm. It's an insanely slow burn, but that's what makes it work. Each episode is its own little self-contained story about this Mushishi going around helping solve supernaturally (laughs) Sourced problems, but it's not like it's
0: not not like an anime. It's not where he is going around like fighting off these Demon things and saving whole villages. Yeah, it's like this guy lost his wife and now Because of that he's being like emotionally tormented by this thing. It's a far. It's it's a far more internal thing the supernatural quiet about how it's resolved
1: yeah, these supernatural elements aren't portrayed as sinister in any way. They're just another facet of nature in this world. And as such, they're not treated as a pest or anything like that. They're just another form of life that needs to be coexisted with. And I well, really, sometimes really like that Sometimes has
0: very terrifying and disturbing effects. But, hmm. you know.
1: but even in those cases, the weights presented is in such a calm and relaxing way. Like, this is one of the most relaxing and peaceful shows out there, even when it goes down some weirdly dark turns, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I, I I really, really like that. It does such a good job exploring different themes and the self-contained episodic nature of it uh, mm-hmm. really helps in that fact, I think. Alright,
0: so I guess if you're done with your lame, stupid stuff. Yeah, tell us
1: about your cool things
0: so we're gonna start with me doing a lightning round uh starting off with a a documentary Uh, so there's this flick that i watched called sad hill unearthed on netflix back before our subscription ran out uh it's a really fairly solid documentary about these guys just this group of really passionate fans who uh really love the film the good bet the bad and the ugly so they set out on this very large undertaking of restoring one of the filming set sites it's like right next to their hometown at huh. least a few of their hometown and it becomes this whole big thing and it's actually like it's a ve- it's a very interesting and solid documentary before Netflix ran out I also watched both seasons of Cobra Kai uh, a surprisingly solid show like genuinely we're talking about okay, talking about a show that was made as a YouTube original for their failed streaming service that lasted for like two and a half years Based, it's continuing the story of the Karate Kid and it's better than the majority of 80s franchises that were rebooted in the 2010s the writing in that show was legitimately pretty solid it knows exactly when and where to be super ridiculous and fun and hokey while also weaving surprisingly compelling characters and story arcs Mm that by the end of the second season I was genuinely completely invested in everything going on with these characters and that season finale was kind of painful honestly emotionally speaking so yeah that it's su- a surprisingly very solid show. Nice. Alright, so... Uh, the other two things here. Unless I'm forgetting about something, which I might very well be, but who cares. <laughs> uh, I watched Good Time just before our Netflix ran out. Uh, and that was a very good way to end things in that regard. I'm just sad that I didn't watch it way before that. Because, holy heck, that is a an achievement. It is. it's the film is like watching a, a pack of rats scurry around scratching and clawing and biting each other trying to get this unattainable prize that none of them will ever actually grasp as the, these these characters these none of whom are particularly good people pretty much everyone in this film is a, is a dirt bag but as these these people just keep keep pushing things and keep Keep pushing them farther and further and make their situations worse and worse as they refuse to just step back and actually think things through and accept the, act, the consequences of the things that they've done wrong and their mistakes and constantly try to shift the blame to whoever else is nearest them so they can get off the hook easy and things in the film just continually escalate and escalate and escalate and it never it, it grabs you by the shirt and starts throwing you around and never just it doesn't let up in that regard it's it's an absolutely manic crazy thrill ride from start to finish and i genuinely i love it so much nice the the directing style that the saftees have the safety brothers have and it's on display here is really refreshing in a certain way just in that it feels so uniquely them. Robert Pattinson is incredible. The man is the man is the highlight of the film, honestly, aside from the director's style, I would say. The man's incredible like he is in The Lighthouse as well. So yeah, good time is really fantastic. I finally after months of Tom yelling at me, finished Attack on Titan Season 3. Mm-hmm. Finally. Finally. After he yelled at me about as much as I yelled at him for words of radiance. Huh. Accurate. You, you people don't know what I put up with. I mean, you brought it on yourself. Shut up. So Yeah, I, as I previously stated uh, in a previous episode, Season 1 of Attack on Titan was... And was fantastic. It was a genuinely, incredibly solid beginning to uh, this very grand epic story. And then season two rolled around and dropped the ball pretty darn hard. Hey, yep. Like like I mentioned in that same episode. I don't. Season two is not good. I don't like it. Yeah. But since I already talked about that, season three, however, comes along suddenly, picks the ball back up and just absolutely mad dashes it. Why did I because tell you? season se- season 3, whole oh boy, season 3 is kind of a masterpiece. It's Okay, no, okay, masterpiece might be a bit going a bit far. This... However, it did whack me over the head real hard with how good it was. It goes directions that are genuinely friggin' genius. Which is something I adore about this show. I don't know what I expected going into this show. However, whatever expectations those were, it completely threw out the window and completely 180'd on them. And that's something I genuinely love about it. Yeah. Because I have I can watch this show with the exception of season two and have no idea where they're gonna take things. Because they could genuinely take it any direction they want, and they could make it work really
1: well. Yeah. That's Unless you
0: season two, in which case you drop the ball on all the
1: plot lines. Yeah, rip season two. But uh, yeah, if you can manage to not get spoiled on it and watch mm-hmm. it, you're that that's the way to go. Going as blind as possible. Is, oh yeah, this show is so good. Going in blind, yeah. going as blind as possible, you'll you 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 got some fun. Some fun stuff in store for you.
0: I love something like this that can just take a story and take me to places I had no idea it was going to go. Where it was going to go. Even if you can't
1: go in blind, I'd still recommend it. It's it's really high quality. Definitely one of the highest quality pieces of anime in that spectrum of stuff that Mm -hmm. I've ever seen.
0: The season is split into two separate story arcs which I want to go in-depth on them so dang bad, but that would mean spoiling, and I don't want to do that Mm. to our listeners. The point is, I think... Honestly, I think I kind of... I think the first story arc I like better than the second one, which isn't to say the second one is bad, because the second one is really dang good, but conceptually and the way that the the first part of the season builds on our characters and uh, pushes them towards these towards these very difficult places and very difficult situations and decisions is v- incredible to watch and feel
1: yeah. I'd say the it's first also... half is definitely the most rounded and solid half oh, of the yeah. season but the second half hits you with all the genius uh, but the second
0: half just hits you with everything else and it hits you hard with it Yeah, and the whole thing has one of the most cinematic skills. Sc- scopes of
1: any show that i've watched i think definitely like the largest f- scale feel i've ever oh, yeah. felt in this type of show this,
0: this whole thing just feels so grand and massive in scope and scale and it makes you feel
1: it like it, it... and not just because there are big man-eating things in it no not just because on, the of le- that. on levels far beyond that the the
0: writing and the music and the oh god the action for certain all of it comes together to create this 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 massive operatic experience really i honest i would i wish so much that we got stuff like this more like stuff stuff of this kind of operatic quality that can just totally throw your expectations to the wayside
1: Well, season four starts next month.
0: I'm so dang excited. I'm so excited for that. That's going to be so crazy.
1: It's going to be a good time. And uh, thank you for watching this episode. Thank you for watching
0: this episode. Uh, Follow Uh, us on on places if
1: you feel like it. Follow us on Twitter at Thomas and at DMT Studios. And Uh uh, we will see you next month.